cash-based practice owners interview series where I, Dr. Morgan Mies, PT, am interviewing different clinicians across the country who practice in a variety of ways, but all outside of being in network with insurance. The world of entrepreneurship and business for healthcare professionals is full of knowledge, creativity, and amazing people just like you who wanted something different. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash-Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganbeast.com. I would love to speak with you. So please join me as I interview our guest today. Molly King is a doctor of physical therapy and certified athletic trainer based in the suburbs of Minneapolis, Minnesota. After graduating from the University of Iowa with her DPT in 2016, she began her career in her professor's insurance-based clinic in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. In the summer of 2018, she transitioned into cash-based physical therapy at Inspired Athletics, an athlete development and sports medicine company in Plymouth, Minnesota. Since joining the IA team, she has built a thriving caseload, launched Free MVMT, a physical therapy social media brand, and has unearthed a passion for networking, speaking, and teaching. We are live. Welcome everybody to our Cash-Based Practice Owners interview series. Um, Today we have the very special, amazing Molly King, and I'm really excited to talk to her. Um, and get to know her with everything that she has been doing. So definitely, you know, if you have any comments or questions as we are talking about everything, whether it is live or on the replay, please drop a comment below and we will talk about it. So thanks for being here, Molly. Thank you. Yeah. How How is everything going? I know you and I just talked about things, yeah. but what are the updates? How are things up in Minnesota? Um. I mean, for us, from a business perspective, everything is going really, really well. Um, we have been growing over the summer. Um, our So we have both, um, we have sport performance, we have physical, cash-based physical therapy, and then we have nutrition all in-house. Um, and sport performance has been doing well throughout the summer. Fortunately, our model um, works well, even pre-COVID. Our model was the same. We didn't have to change it. So that was really nice, the, the very small groups. Um, and then PT is doing well. Um, also, we're getting back to where we were um, pre-COVID, and we're very happy with with all of that through this whole mess. Um, as far as COVID is going, numbers are staying fairly steady right now. Um, some schools are going back in person, the smaller private ones, a lot of people are going to be in a hybrid situation, Mm -hmm. um, which impacts a lot because we deal with a lot of student athletes. Um, and then a few are still going to be, um, completely distance learning. So it's going to be a weird fall, but we'll see how it goes one step at a time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I feel like that's definitely a theme for a lot of us this year. Um, Mm -hmm. but Let's back up just a little bit of a step. You know, I know you and I are just kind of getting to know each other today, too. But if you don't Mm -hmm. mind sharing with us a little bit more about your background and what led you to where you are today. Gotcha. Um, So I grew up about an hour. Do not come in here. Sorry. (laughs) Um, (laughs) That's what happens when you have teenagers around here, even a closed door. (laughs) Um. I did warn you about that. Uh, 
know they're laughing out there. Um, so I grew up about an hour south of the Twin Cities in a small farming community, played sports growing up, um, mostly hockey and golf, and I also showed horses competitively. Um, when I started out college, I thought that I wanted to be a physician of some sort, pediatrician, um, maybe a neonatologist. I wanted to work with like moms and kids. Um, and as I got into college, I was like, ooh, really hate this biochem major. Um, was doing some shadowing and was like, eh, I just don't know if I really want to be a physician anymore because the way I was looking at it, I was like, these people spend like three minutes with their patients and it, I just didn't feel like I was really going to get the opportunity to get to know somebody and have like a meaningful relationship and an impact on their life. Um, and so started exploring some other careers. And after my freshman year of college, I transferred schools to a small private school from a state university, um, switched my major to athletic training with the thought that it would be a good step towards physical therapy, which became my focus. Um, athletic training was also interesting to me because I was like, if I graduate, I can get a job in healthcare tomorrow. I don't need to go to grad school um, necessarily in order to get a job. Um, of course, I did go to grad school. Uh, six weeks after graduating college, I started at the University of Iowa, um, went through their PT program there, and then I graduated in the December of 2016. Um, one of my professors there, he owned four clinics and a health club in the Iowa City area. He hires on one or two new grads from the Iowa class every year um, and takes them through an informal residency program. Um, so it's structured the same way any APTA credentialed re uh, residency program would be. Um, he just doesn't feel the need to pay them a whole bunch of money um, when really all he cares about is turning out excellent PTs. Um, so I went through that and then I stayed and I worked for about a year and a half for him in Iowa City and was just ready for a change. Um, I knew that I didn't want to be in Iowa for forever. Uh, I had planned on that being like a five-year tops kind of job. Um, and I was just realizing I was holding back in different areas of my life. Um, and so it was time to start looking for something different. I wanted to be in Minnesota. Um, I wasn't even looking for cash-based when I started looking for a job. I did what everybody does. I looked at on the APTA website. I started looking on Indeed, Glassdoor, some of those kinds of things, looking for jobs. Um, and all I was finding was home health, skilled nursing, acute care, that kind of thing. And I'm like, that's not my wheelhouse, um, just not my jam. And whenever I could find an outpatient job, it was always in one of these big like corporate health entities. And I was not interested in that either after having started in a small private practice. I was really picky. Um, <laughs> first job and there, I, there was no like pressure to, to leave at any point in time. So I was willing to wait for the right job to come around. Um, so after a couple of months of disappointment with the traditional search, I decided to kind of reverse engineer it. Um, and I just started looking up small private practices with some sort of sports medicine emphasis. And I just started sending out resumes. Um, none of them were hiring. I was like, this is a total shot in the dark. And, uh, <laughs> but I got some calls back, including from Grant Norland, uh, the owner of Inspired Athletics. And come to find out, um, Grant had also 
graduated from the University of Iowa PT program about eight years ahead of me. He grew up in Iowa City. So my first boss was both of our professor. He was Grant's um, athletic trainer when Grant was in high school. And then Grant worked for him when he was in college and grad school as a, a sport performance coach type situation. So it was all these really weird like interconnections. Um, and it seemed like a good fit. And his wife, who's also a PT, um, was expecting their second child at the time. And so he's like, we're not hiring right now, but there may be an opportunity in a few months. And they decided that she would stay home with the kids full time. And so they hired me. And when I came up for my first interview, which was really just more Iowa stories and that kind of thing. (laughs) Oh, does this professor still do this? You know, they still have this weird tick or do they still talk about this? And yeah, all that. And in that conversation, he goes, oh, by the way, we're also cash based. I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Didn't know anything about cash based medicine. You know, I'd seen a little bit online, but it was um, not nearly as popular, especially in this area a couple of years ago as it is now. Um, and so a few months later, I made the move up here and started the cash-based lifestyle and haven't looked back since. I don't think I could ever go back to, um, the insurance world. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. I know. I think like a lot of us here are very much in the same boat and that's why we are, you know, pursuing it. And we could go on and on for probably hours about like why oh, yeah. insurance is the worst Mm -hmm. you know obviously helpful in some situations but at least for physical therapists and like the way that we work with clients it's the worst Mm -hmm. so um i'd love to hear a little bit more about like the the business and company that you are in right now i know you mentioned a little bit at the beginning but tell us a little bit more about the model and like the way that you work with people sure um so we brand ourselves as an athlete development and sports medicine company Um, And so Grant, our owner, is a doctor of physical therapy. He's also a CSCS, and he was a quarterback, um, a D2 quarterback in college. Uh, So we have in-house, we have one-on-one physical therapy, um, all cash-based. We have nutrition. We have a registered dietitian. um, And then we have two full-time sport performance coaches. Uh, Our sport performance model is different from a lot of other facilities in that it is either private or small group training only. We do not go above six athletes to one coach because we feel that you lose that coaching aspect and they're way too qualified to be just making sure that no one's dropping a weight on their head. Um, They want to coach. They want to help people learn how to move correctly. Um, And so we work with athletes from ages mm, kind of 13 is our is our lower cutoff. We will do some private training with younger athletes, um, but that's kind of when they start to hit that maturity level where they can really handle um, working in a group, that kind of thing, all the way on up to active adults. We have people in their 60s, 70s, that kind of things who train with us, but most of them are younger, middle school, high school, college, professional age. Um, my, ath- my clients also uh, break down into those groups pretty easily, kind of the younger athlete in those age ranges, and then the 40 plus year old athlete or active adult who just needs a little bit more help to stay um, in whatever activity they enjoy, whether it's running, golfing, uh, cycling. I've got quite a few yogis um, who need to counteract that with a little bit of strength. Um, And so those are kind of our two main groups 
excuse me, groups that we tend to work with the most. Um, there is a lot of interaction between the different professionals here. Most of our clients are dealing with more than one of us at any given time. There's mm -hmm. a lot of people who come for one reason, but then they end up saying, oh, maybe I should speak with the dietitian mm -hmm. or I want to graduate to more, you know, wellness training, that kind of thing when I'm done with PT. Um, so it's really fun to be able to provide a, a holistic um, atmosphere for people who just want to be really active and healthy. So it's a lot of fun. Yeah, that's amazing. I know for a lot of the people in the group and myself included, like people who really like working with athletes, that sounds like heaven. That sounds like the best place to work. <laughs> it, is, it is pretty awesome. I say all the time, I'm like, I have the best job in the world. Uh, <laughs> I, if I had to write down on a sheet of paper, everything I wanted in a job, this is, this is what it would be. Um, it's, it's incredible. And I can't believe that I just happened across it while Googling. Um, but it worked out really well and, um, it's an awesome, awesome place to work. So. Yay. Oh, that's yeah. so good. I'm so happy to hear that. Yeah. And, um, you know, kind of circling back a little bit, how was the transition from working in a primarily insurance-based place to primarily cash-based place? And why are you never going back? Yeah, well, um, the one thing that I definitely wish I would have known about cash base before I got into it was that you don't just have a pile of referrals sitting on your desk on Monday morning. Yeah. Um, you have to generate your own clientele. And so when I moved up here, I had I've been living five hours away. So I had no name in the area. Um, no, like helpful contacts, I would say I've got some friends and some family and that kind of thing, but nobody who is going to be able to help me like generate clients. And so that first week when I think I saw like four clients the entire week, and it was mostly because Grant was like, you are going to see her. Um, <laughs> because everybody who was coming in was used to working with Grant. And so when they called, they didn't say, I want to see a physical therapist. They said, I want to, I need an appointment with Grant. Mm -hmm. Um, and so over time, we did transition some of his clients over to me. Um, some of them just prefer a female. Some of them, he was like, I can't accommodate the times that you want anymore, but she can. Um, but really, a lot of it ended up being I needed to learn how to network and market myself and all of that, that kind of thing. And so that was, I would say that would be the biggest learning curve um, was that I need to not sell myself, but I need to get out there and make a name for myself. And then the people will will start to come see me. And that was not the case in an insurance based setting. There were always clients. Um, we were always busy. We were always getting referrals from, you know, different physicians and, you know, insurance companies and, and that kind of thing. So that was definitely different to go from a full caseload to no caseload and realizing that I had to build it up. And it took me a while to realize how long that was going to take. Um, so I've been here for about two years. And pre-COVID, I had just gotten to um, a you know kind of busyness level that we were all really happy and comfortable with. Um, and then COVID happened, and it took a steep dive. But we're getting back to where it belongs. Uh, yeah. So that's definitely a good thing. The other thing with cash base that um, was definitely different is um, knowing that I need to wear many hats. Um, in when I first started here, in addition to doing PT work, I was also doing all of our event planning, um, 
a lot of our design and marketing, that kind of thing, a lot of our photos, scheduling, like general office management, all of that stuff. And um, that was also, you know, that wasn't things that I had done in my past clinic. I just showed up, treated patients, wrote notes, went home. Um, so that was a little bit, a little bit different for sure. Um, I don't think anybody really tells you that before you get into it is that, okay, you're no longer just a PT. In some clinics you may be, but we didn't have an office manager at the time. Um, part of it maybe I was the only female in the clinic. And so, you know, some of those more artistic and like scheduling type things just kind of naturally became my duties and I have an aptitude for that. So that was fine. Um, but it was just kind of interesting how some of that stuff I just kind of picked up as well, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I know. I like, we could get into that for sure as well. Like male and female run businesses and how they're yeah, different. Um, it's kind of funny. Grant and I work well together. He is the idea guy. And then I am the executor. So mm -hmm. he comes up with this big, fabulous idea. That's kind of where free movement came from. He's like, I think we should make a, a, a social media brand just for PTs. Um, and I was like, okay, what does it look like? How are we going to do this? And so, you know, he kind of had the idea to to get it going. And then ever since I've been the one um, doing it all behind the scenes, mm -hmm. Every once in a while, he throws an idea my way. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's kind of the way it goes with a lot of the stuff that we've done together. He's the idea. I'm the the make it happen kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like, the thing is, is like, that's totally fine. Like when you get to a place where you're scaling a business so that yeah. you're no longer just one person, you yeah. know, there's a book that I read, I think it's called the toilet paper entrepreneur. I think it's in that one. Okay. Um, love that book, highly recommend it. But okay. he talks about how like your team should have like an idea person, a manager and an implementer. Yep. You know, because you can't be all of them all the time. Otherwise, yep. it just it doesn't work. So yep. when I, yeah. when we were just getting going, when I was had maybe been here for I don't know five or six months, he had me read Traction, and that covers a similar topic. And I was like, oh, this makes sense. This is why you know I fall into this category, and this is why we work well together. Um, and this is why the clinic runs smoothly is because we have the right people in the right seats. Um, so, yeah, it was, that's another, that's another really good one. Recommend traction if nobody's spread it out there, but good one too. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Um, and so like one of the, the number one questions that I get from people is, you know, like I, I want to start a practice or I've already started, but I have no patients. I don't have any clients. I don't know where to find them. What do I do? I'm panicking. <laughs> I need a caseload. And so, you know, you were mentioning doing marketing and networking and getting out there. Um, but do you have any like specific pieces of advice for people who are in that position and they're like, I just need clients? Mm hmm. Sure. Um, first of all, talk to the people who already have your clients that are not physicians. Um, that's something I think as PTs, we always think I need to market to physicians. I need to market to physicians. Well, 99% of the time now, physicians already have PTs. They have their PTs that they send people to unless you can find a brand new private practice that um, has not had an opportunity to create any of those binds those, you know, kind of those uh, relationships, you're not, that's not going to work. Um, so who has your clients who are 
not physicians. Um, a lot of it tends to be, um, you know, people who work with active people because those people get hurt. So gyms, personal trainers, um, you know, maybe depending on your, your perfect client, maybe diabetes clinics or those kinds of things, um, you know, somebody who already interacts with your clients on a daily basis. If you're looking for pediatric clients, maybe um, daycares, kids activities, like that kind of thing. Um, the other thing that I like to remind people is that in PT, anybody could be your perfect client and you never know who the best referral partner is going to be. Um, we tend to spend a lot of our time focusing on other healthcare providers. Um, in fact, most of my best referral partners are not in healthcare at all. So as soon as I started here, I joined a BNI group, which is an international networking group. Awesome. Highly recommend it to anybody. And there are professionals from all walks of life in there. In my group, we have, you know, a realtor, we have a financial planner, we have um, a caterer, we have a gym, um, IT, all kinds of stuff. Um, but for a lot of those people, I'm the only PT that they know. Mm -hmm. And so when they or somebody in their lives gets injured or is starting to have pain, I'm the first person they think of. Um, and it creates this really this huge network. And it's interesting because there's not very many PTs in this particular organization. I don't think PTs network very well in general because a lot of us have never had to. Yeah. Um, when you have a captive audience, you always have clients coming in. Why would you waste your time on that? Um, but it's been a really good opportunity to not only bring in clients, but just to educate people on what physical therapy is and what we can do for you. Um, and it's been, I mean, our investment has come back tenfold very easily. Um, and so it's, it's well worth my time. I enjoy it. I've gotten to meet people and help people, um, that I would have never otherwise come across in my day-to-day -day life. Uh, so it's been a really beneficial move for us as a company. That's awesome. That's really yeah. cool. You know, yeah. and like you're probably like one of a handful of people who have uh, recommended BNI and okay. one of my friends here in Las Vegas, I subbed for her one time. Um, so okay. I kind of got an experience with it, but it's really cool. And like, I think that there are a lot of people out there who might be a little bit intimidated by like the thought of networking, um, cool. you know, and even though you might join one of these groups and it's a bunch of people perhaps who are a lot older than you, you know, and they're in different fields or they've had their business for 20 years. Um, just remembering that everybody in that room is an entrepreneur, like they're an, a business owner. So, you know, you guys automatically have something in common. Um, yep. It's a really good opportunity. Mm hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, it's 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 interesting. The, the number of people in the room and the variety. I mean, there's people who show up in suits every week. Well, not right now. We're all online right now. Um, yeah. But prior to COVID, um, there were people who show up in suits every week and I show up in a T-shirt and leggings um, because that is my profession. Um, mm -hmm. That is what I do. Um, so I was intimidated at first, for sure. Plus, I didn't really enjoy public speaking at all. Um, I don't love it, but it's a lot better. And it's forced me to kind of, you know, stretch myself and, you know, work on some of those areas that I could definitely improve. Um, but yeah, it's been awesome. I, I really recommend it to anybody, especially people who are like, I just need to meet people. And you never know who somebody in that room knows. Maybe somebody in the room is going to be your best referral partner. Maybe it's going to be somebody that they know. 
um, is going to be your best referral partner, but you never know until you give it a shot. So yeah, it's definitely a, a good organization. Yeah, that's awesome. Really good advice, Molly. Um, and then the other thing that people ask me about is, you know, going into like the cash-based world, that's a whole like scary and non-traditional thing. Um, questions I get are like, who the heck is going to pay me like actual money out of their pocket? And like, how do you have a conversation with me? Like, oh, well, do you take my insurance? So like, mm -hmm. what's your advice on that? Um, so when I have somebody who calls and says, what insurance do you take? Um, I usually just say, we don't take any insurance and this is why. Um, and then I'll get into a very brief explanation. You know, insurance generally does not serve either the patient or the provider well. Um, it typically ends up being less expensive for the patient to pay out of pocket and you will get the one-on-one -on -one individualized care that you deserve. Um, and that can be, I'm not saying you can't find it in an insurance-based setting, but it is much more difficult to come by. Um, I usually tell people, you know, you'll reach your goals faster um, with more one-on-one -on -one attention. And in the long run, it does end up being less expensive. Um, and then, you know, there are some people who really want to get into the conversation about, okay, well, why does insurance suck? And I'm happy to do that. Um, but it just usually ends up being a much longer conversation. But most people, if you tell them, you know, those little bullet points, they're like, okay, I'm on board. And most of them, by the time they're calling you, um, they've already had some negative experiences elsewhere and they've already spent thousands of dollars on healthcare and it hasn't worked. Um, and so now they're looking for something different and something better. Um, and yeah, it's it, usually it's not too, too difficult of a conversation to have. I don't have very many people push back on it. Um, and if they do, um, you know, it's, it's okay. Maybe they weren't the best fit for us anyway. If they really want to use their insurance, that's fine. And that's your choice. And that's your right. Um, and maybe you weren't the best fit for us anyway. But chances are, I'll probably be seeing you six months down the road anyway, when you've spent another couple grand, and you're like, well, that didn't work either. So let's maybe try this. <laughs> yeah, I think that's fair. And like, that's like, it's also like pretty good sales too. you know, like, if you're talking to somebody on the phone, and kind of like addressing this already yep. you know by the time they come in for their evaluation yep. they're basically like game for whatever you have to say yeah and i would say mo most of our our clients are they've already just because of the nature of how we get clients it's just a lot of personal referrals from see people who have seen me before um mm -hmm. they usually already have had a heads up that hey they don't take insurance but it doesn't matter it's well worth it um go see them anyway it's the best money you could spend uh, so that really helps because basically my clients are have already helped this new client to you know work, walk through that process and they're already sold before they even talk to me on the phone uh so that's really nice um that helps a lot that you know our clients are willing to vouch for the experience um and all of that and it's it's much easier when a new client is hearing that from a friend a family member someone they trust versus me who they don't know from adam just telling them on the phone that oh yeah this is definitely better for you um from a physical and a financial standpoint um mm -hmm. yeah so it's already halfway done by the time they even make that call and i have a few people who are just like nope not willing to do it and that's that's fine 
you can't get all bent out of shape about it. You can't win them all. Um, but those people who are already calling you are probably already 90% of the way there. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's a good thing to remember, you know, when you are getting started, um, like you said, like if they're contacting you, then they, they are looking for something else. They're looking for something different. Mm -hmm. um, and so then it's kind of just up to you to be able to communicate well what it is you have to offer and how you can help them. And it should work out just fine. Yep. Um, and I know, so at the beginning of getting started in this arena, in the cash-based arena, you know, you mentioned that nobody um, tells you that you have to become a marketer. You know, you have to become a marketer and a salesperson, which yep. is totally fine, but you know, they're, they're new skills. Yep. Um, were there any other challenges for you when you started like the first like three months? Do you remember? I would say just confidence was generally a difficult thing for me making that transition. I was very comfortable in my little insurance-based bubble. I felt mm -hmm. that I was doing well by my clients I was seeing there. I, th I felt like they were um, getting out of it what they were coming in for. Um, I was also a pretty new grad. I was only 18 months out when I started working here. And so then I started working here and I'm like, oh my God, people are paying me actual money, which I know they're paying when they're using their insurance, but it's a whole different mindset from the patient's perspective when they are swiping that credit card or writing that check every session. I'm like, oh my God, people are actually paying me to do this. I need to be really, really good. I can't mm -hmm. be only as good as somebody in, in an insurance-based setting. I have to be worth every swipe, every check they're writing. Um, so just having the confidence in myself, knowing that I was good enough um, for people to pay me was definitely something that took a little bit of work. Um, and I think every new grad deals with that at some point in time, especially like a few years out when you've kind of lost that like little that little rosy bloom of you know <laughs> graduation, super excited about everything. Um, and now it's like, wow, you know, I'm, I'm OK, but I want to be excellent. Um, so that was something that definitely took some some confidence building. And, you know, I had the blessing of having a very good mentor at my old job, learned a ton. And then just working with Grant here, I was definitely able to improve my confidence, um, you know, and I was like, OK, I am good enough for this. And then, of course, you know, continuing ed, good continuing ed and all that always, you know, helps to kind of boost that as well. But, um, you know, half the battle in sales and marketing is coming to grips with the fact that you are good enough for people to pay money to see you. You are better than insurance-based PT um, and people will be willing to pay you because you're just that awesome. But until you feel that and you can convey that in the way that you speak, it's going to be a little tough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like, I think it's important to remember that probably like the, at least like the first couple of months that you're doing this, you're probably going to be bad at sales and marketing. And oh, like, yeah. that's fine, yeah. yep. you know, just like any new skill that you're developing. Um, I love what you said, though, about like, okay, like people are paying me money. Like I need to be worth every single swipe of mm -hmm. a credit card. Um, I love that. You know, I, 
I've thought about that before, but I don't think anybody else has pointed it out in any of the interviews. Mm -hmm. I think it just like, it holds you to such a higher standard, you know, like if somebody hands you, you know, like $200 and they're like, okay, you know, fix me, you know, educate me. It's like, okay, well, here we go. Yeah. You know, those things where it's like, I, it, it forces me to be like, every time I, walk up to a patient, like I need to be 110% um, mm-hmm. for every single patient, every single time. Um, and, you know, there's no, you know, half-assing it or anything like that. Um, there's no days where it's like, eh, they're work comp or something like that. So I can, you know, lay back a little bit and it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, like you have to be excellent every single time, but I think that's a good thing. I think we should all be doing that anyway. Um, but it is harder to do that when you are stuck in the rat race of a PT mill or somewhere that accepts insurance and you're just like trying to turn volume all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's definitely that it, it's something that takes a little bit of, you know, mindset change. Um, but I think it's a good thing for all of us, no matter where you work. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, it just like I, I talk about all the time how like starting a business, I think is like one of the greatest things that you can do, you know, or learning like sales and marketing and how to sell your services, because there's just like such a big level or like a big increase in personal mm-hmm. growth and development that it's amazing. Like you're just like a way better person for doing it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, kind of on the other side, if you're selling your services as a therapist and as a medical professional and making sure that what you provide is worth what you're charging, mm-hmm. it makes you a better clinician. Absolutely. I agree 100%. <laughs> Yeah. And like, I know that there are a lot of people who, um, you know, they tell me like, oh, they don't feel ready, you know, to like start their own practice or like go into cash based stuff. It's like, okay, I just I need to take one more con ed course or like all these other things. I just need to wait one more year and get more experience. But, you know, like if this method of practicing speaks to you, Mm -hmm. I kind of think that like you should jump into it and see who you're working with and what they need. And Mm -hmm. then like, go to town on educating yourself Um, because if you just keep waiting and take con ed across like six different specialties, it's not really going to move you forward. No. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think you're ever completely ready um, to start a business, but it's just one of those things you got to take the plunge and then somehow you learn how to swim Um, (laughs) and you learn along the way, you know, what you should have known before you started, but that's okay. Um, And you pick up all sorts of new skills. And if there's one thing where you're like, yeah, I just don't have an aptitude for that. Well, you find somebody who does, um, somebody who can help you. And you don't have to do it all by yourself all the time. Um, But you, you need to figure out the things that you're good at and then the things that you need somebody to help you with. And that will make your life way easier. Um, you know, that's one of the things that always scares me. I've always said when I, before I even graduated, I was like, I will never own my own PT practice because I'm afraid that if I do that, I'm going to be stuck behind a desk all the time and I'll never get to treat patients. And I don't want to do that. Um, and to a certain degree that still holds true for me. Um, 
But in this setting, as an employee, and especially as somebody who came on early and was informed that, you know, you are going to have to be wearing multiple hats and there are other things that you're going to have to do here. Um, I was able to kind of take that baby step and I can do the things that I'm good at and that I enjoy from a business perspective, but I don't have to deal with any of that yucky stuff like payroll, insurance, any of that kind of stuff. Grant gets to deal with that because he is the owner, um, but I still have the flexibility to run my own schedule, see the patients that I want to see, um, do additional you know, tasks and activities as I have the time and as I find them enjoyable and, you know, have an aptitude for them. Um, but yeah, it's so, and it works out because some of the things that I do, Grant doesn't like to do or is not as good at. Um, and, you know, he knows it, so I don't feel bad. Saying it. Um, and so it, it works out well because for him as the business owner, um, you know, he doesn't have to do it all because he found somebody who fits in, you know, those areas that maybe he's a little bit weaker in. So, yeah. 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 That's awesome. That's so cool. Um, so if like you were talking to somebody who um, was kind of on the fence mm -hmm. about like either starting their, their own practice or like taking a position at a cat practice, mm -hmm. um, they're like, oh, I just, I don't know. Like, this is scary and different. <laughs> like, um, what are like one or two big pieces of advice that you would tell them? I would, I would probably tell them like, first of all, you need to be, make sure that you're ready to put in the additional effort and that you don't have these expectations that all you're going to do is treat all day, because that is not the case. Whether you are going to be running the business or, um, an employee at one, chances are you're not just going to be treating patients all day long. So you have to be prepared for the fact that you are going to have to learn new skills. You are going to have to spend time on things other than patient care. And chances are you're going to have to put in a lot more hours than you actually think you're going to. If you think you're going to treat patients for 20 to 30 hours a week, well, you better double or triple that for all of the other behind the scenes stuff, especially as you're just getting, getting off the ground, that kind of thing. Um, and especially for employees, like something else I would always suggest that they look into. I've talked to a couple of people privately about this is, you know, what does your position actually look like? Are you an employee? Are you an independent contractor? Um, if you are an employee, what does your... Um, payment structure look like, all of that, because those are things that typically as PTs, I don't think we're super comfortable talking about. Um, and when you go into a big corporate um, PT place, it's going to look a certain way and you're not going to have much room for wiggle there, but it can definitely look different as an employee in a cash-based settings. There's a variety of different, um, you know, compensation structures and that kind of thing and just make sure that you um are are setting up something that's going to serve you well in the short term and in the long term um because i've seen a couple i've had a couple of people reach out to me and be like what do you think about this um you know compensation package um would you take it and i've been able to like help them not get kind of screwed over in the short term because it can be scary as a as a practice owner for sure to hire that first PT 
um, mm-hmm. because now you're responsible for somebody else. And what if we don't bring in enough people to support the two of us? Um, so I get it from the owner's perspective as well. Um, but from the employee's perspective, you have to keep your wits about you um, as well, for sure. Um, yeah, it's totally different. Um, yeah, compensation in the cash-based world is a wild thing, and you can do really, really well if you're willing to put the work in, but it's also good to have a few safety nets in place. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, talking about, like, a handful of new grads recently as well, um, you know, so I think that we can make it known that, like, all of us who've been out of school for a little bit, mm-hmm. who have had, like, jobs in different places, you know, we are totally open to talking to everybody graduating and yes. helping them, like you said, not get over because it's easy to just be like really passive and get walked all over. Yep. I was in my first job. I felt like I had no room to say anything because I'm like, oh my God, there's 10 other people who want this. If I'm too difficult, you know, mm-hmm. they'll just say, okay, this isn't going to work out. Somebody new. And by the time that I was ready to come up here and work with Grant, I had a little more confidence in myself and what I was worth. And I had a better idea of the things that I needed to ask for, for me personally. And maybe some of them, you know, apply more broadly to other PTs. But I think it's a good idea to have in your head what's important to you um, on a personal basis. Because, I mean, there is a lot more room for wiggle room than than people are really willing to admit a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, So like learning how to kind of like stand up for yourself and like what you're worth, you know, and then talking to other PTs and asking if there's anything else you should consider. Um, Those would be really important moving forward. Yay. Great advice, Molly. Thank you. Um, Okay, so a last little bit here, self promo time. Um, (laughs) What kinds of things do you have going on for yourself right now? And how can we best support you? Sure. Um, Well, of course, if you ever know anybody in the Minneapolis area, I'm always happy to see them from a PT's perspective. Um, You know, if you've got any good connections to the sports world around here, I'd love to have an introduction as well. Um, You know, we're moving forward, but um, it never helps to have a larger network behind you. Um, other big exciting things is, uh, if you have the opportunity, go ahead and follow us on free movement. Um, we're hoping to do some big, exciting things with that in the future. And right now we're just focusing on building up our following, um, so that we can spread the power of physical therapy and especially the power of cash-based physical therapy to other PTs, um, other people in the rehab professions, healthcare in general. And then of course we want to educate the general public. Um, so there's tons of fun, free resources, graphics, that kind of thing, videos on um, free movement to that we want other people to use in their practices. Um, that, yeah, yeah. Um, so lots of like evidence-based medicine stuff, little like cash-based, um, I don't know, observations, experience, that kind of thing. Um, that that kind of thing and and we would love for people to hop onto either instagram or facebook are our two biggest platforms but we also have um twitter and linkedin that um we use a little bit less um but those are all out there so we would love to uh, have you guys follow that and then we'll be hosting some courses with a couple of um different pt um 
education companies uh, over the course of the next year. We've had quite a few canceled this year, so that kind of is a bummer. Not shocked, though. Um, but we will be rescheduling for next year, so we would love to have you guys out to our place, have some more conversations about cash-based medicine in person, and learn some new awesome skills along the way, for sure. Yay! Great! Yeah. Awesome! Well, I will leave um, Molly's links in the description, but that was awesome. Lots of good advice today. Um, so happy that you were able to come, Molly, and thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. This was great. Yay! Awesome. So, all you guys watching, um, you know, live on the replay, uh, if you have questions on anything, please let either me or Molly know. We're both totally happy to answer your questions, and Molly has a ton of experience as an employee. Uh, you know, working in a cash-based practice, so definitely reach out to her. But awesome. Cool. Well, I hope you have a good rest of your day, and we'll talk soon. Thanks, Molly. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap. Thank you so much for listening. As always, I am honored to be a part of this community and it is my hope that by spreading the stories of clinicians just like you who wanted something more and went after it, it will inspire you to create the life and career that you dream of and that you worked so hard for. If this sounds like you and you're ready to get your business off the ground, please find me on Facebook in the Cash-Based Healthcare Entrepreneurs Group or on my website at morganmeese.com. I would love to speak with you. And you can also find me on Instagram at drmorganmeese. So who do you want to hear from next? Or would you like to be featured on this series? Please email me at morgan at I'll talk to you guys soon.